Hello and welcome to Book Shambles. Producer Trent here. As Robin and Josie will kind of explain in the intro for this week's episode, we were meant to be interviewing uh, an author, as is usually the case on this podcast. But at the last minute, like actually after we were meant to start recording, uh, they couldn't make it which was disappointing because obviously we wanted to talk to them about their book and also because it means we wouldn't have an episode for this week. So Robin and Josie just kind of interviewed each other for half an hour about uh, the books that uh, are lying on their desks at the moment, what they've been reading, what they're looking forward to reading and also about Britpop because why not? So that's what this week's episode is. Uh, We hope you enjoy. Normal service will resume next week. Don't forget to support the show on Patreon at Patreon dot com slash book shambles tickets for nine lessons they're on sale now cosmic shambles dot com slash nine lessons this sunday on the science shambles show that robin hosts with helen chersky we're doing another covid experts panel so make sure you check that out 10 a.m live on our youtube channel on sunday and then it'll be up on the science shambles podcast afterwards as well okay so uh here is robin and josie hello i'm josie long uh, I'm Robin Ince. We were meant to be doing an interview with someone else, uh, but uh, they haven't turned up. So we just do an interview with each other. Yes, because let me tell you something. Times are tough and we have nothing but compassion for people. Most people. Most people, yeah. <laughs> What have you got to? What have you been reading recently? Well, I've actually, rather than being reading, what I thought is what books are on my desk because I've got loads of Mm -hmm. books on my desk. What I have actually been reading today was I I am reading Francesca Stavrokopoulou's new book, uh, God and Anatomy, which I'm really uh, enjoying so far. I've Uh, just put it on my shelf. I'm very excited. It is really. But it's long for a pregnant woman. I'm excited. It is, uh, but yeah, you're right. It's it's one of those ones where it's a risk if you read it in the bath. You, yeah. it, it's 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 one of those drowning potential books. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm reading that. I'm reading a book all about uh, bias and how we uh, unconscious bias and things like that, uh, which is really good. And I think we're going to interview the author of that later on. But what I've got, I've just this is a sorry. Great it's just book. I already have an unconscious bias towards Pragya's book about unconscious bias, so I'm not going to read your one. Oh no, but that's you. That was a nice little joke. Bias. Very <laughs> yeah. conscious. Yeah, I mean, bias. it's a conscious bias. Yeah. Oh I've no, it's still a good up. joke. I agree with you. Craig here was. Uh... Um, I'm going to read this. I just got sent this, oh. and I'm so excited by it. I've heard um, of Amy Littrell. I've not. Yeah, well, I've read the Outrun, which I really, really loved, and I think she's a really beautiful poetic writer, and she's able to. So the Outrun's a memoir about um, her realizing she was an alcoholic and getting clean and moving to getting to people say getting clean getting sober and moving to um uh back home to an island uh in the orkneys that's called papa westray and about oh, going God, there I did on read some of that it's great yeah, it was one it's amazing. where I, I then suddenly got a load of new stuff thrown at me and i couldn't uh and i, and I didn't that reminds me i need to go back and finish it mm-hmm. well you better because this one's out and i'm so excited this is almost like a sequel memoir um to that so I'm very excited. Very excited oh, indeed. Uh, yeah, I have to admit, I have this autumn. It really has become some sometime initially in July, over the summer into the autumn. It's um oh my look at this, Josie, how weird. Look at one of the books on my desk. It is Pragnarogwals. Uh, oh yes, Motherhood. Um, which is a great Fantastic. book. Which oh we've yeah. talked about a lot of times. I've yeah. got this book on my desk, which is a book that I really like. Do you know about Nell Dunn's Talking to Women? No. It's an, it's she shouldn't a, be talking to women. 
Well, I know. I'll tell you what, by the end of it, you think a lot of bad influences, a lot of bad influences. <laughs> um, but it's, it came out in 1965, and Nell Dunn, who, of course, was a playwright as well, wrote up The Junction and Steaming and things like that. And it is just this, like, the people she interviewed, and it, this was mm-hmm. at a time as well where nearly... I mean, I've got, as you know, loads of old books, and very often you yeah. get a book of interviews, and it's all men. It's all men. And so well, the mere act of this one going, right, I'm just going to... It's just going to be women, right? And I'll have to call it talking to women. But it's got so like Edna O'Brien interviewed in it, you know, just in quite an early stage of her career when she was, you know, writing so wonderfully. Well, she's still writing wonderfully and brilliantly. But it's also got, and I never quite know how to pronounce her name, Pauline Boaty, uh, who was uh, a great pop artist, one of the forgotten pop artists, who, for obvious reasons, why was she forgotten, Josie? Because uh, she was a woman? Yeah. And <laughs> uh, and then the Wolverhampton Art Gallery has got, because they've got this incredible collection of stuff from Wolverhampton Art Gallery. They've got a really great pop art collection. And uh, and that's where I first saw some of her stuff. And I've got this brilliant book about her. And it has this, it's a very sad story actually with her because she was really interesting, did beautiful work. And then she was pregnant and um, uh, she got cancer and uh, didn't have any treatment and so oh died. And, and it's a really tragic story because she's one of those, she was only in her 20s and like kind of all of the the vibrancy of her work and and the real and it's really exciting work if you 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 probably know some of it if you saw it and she does pop up i think on pop goes the easer or something like that i think a ken russell documentary about pop art but you know is predominantly dominated obviously by by the 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 british males of pop art but it's a really interesting book of you know all all done in the 1960s uh interview so nell duns and and i think it might have been it used to be quite hard to get and it used to be quite expensive but i think it's recently been reprinted and if it has i highly recommend people read nell dunn's talk to women and find out more about pauline Bacon. do you know i just had such a sad little realization which is i it reminded me of Britpop in terms of as a phenomenon and i suddenly realized that the bands that have endured from Britpop, which are basically radiohead pulp blur i guess oasis if they can as Britpop, i don't know whether they do as all all men apart from obviously pop has one female band member but but bands like the bands that sort of weren't kept up with, like Elastica, Sleeper, basically, like Skunk and Anty has come back a bit, which is great. But on the whole, I just don't think I fully appreciated that even bands from the 90s, five minutes ago, haven't been given the legacy in the same but Though way. I suppose that for someone like Louise Weiner, it's just that thing of going, uh, that's enough of that. I'm going to be a novelist now. There is yes, also she is an interesting, and, talented person. And, and I think Justine Frischman went off, didn't she, and started making documentaries about kind of... Yes, off. but would but they I, I, both have done that had they been given the same support and same backing as their male counterparts? Yeah, that's true. It's a good, yeah, it's a good point. It's, uh, but it's complicated. Got, gone on and hopefully done more interesting things, but wh- why they went on and did more interesting things is, uh, yeah, a different... Ugh. Sorry, that hit me like a little, like a little, uh, little hammer. I, well, that, I, well, that, this sorry, is, this is irrelevant. But I saw such an interesting tweet today that says your your body. Wait there, let me read it to you because it's so fun. Sorry, it's not really relevant, but sorry, your body never forgets how a person made your nervous system feel. Isn't that such an interesting springboard to thought? Yeah. Sorry, there we go. <laughs> no, I think that has it, but but it's 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 that thing, isn't it? Which some people talk about, for instance, with with loss, that you're always still attached to it. 
and sometimes as you 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 think that you're walking on from it but you will then suddenly feel the tug of the rope and there might be certain places that you can't go down and place and and i think that's the same as well in terms of sometimes those you know relationships with 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 people or events that all of those connections that if you actually did draw a diagram of the different ways that you were tugged and moved in this kind of you know rather rather um um, unpleasant geographical uh, psycho mm. psycho neuroscientific bondage experiment uh, was the first band that I was ever in, um, but it is also a way of saying about that. But I think there is that kind of yeah, just that in, in, intriguing thing. So I think I think that's a good. I noticed you put that up. I think that's a good quote. Um, what were we talking about as well? About oh, I'm so sorry. We were talking about. Um... The pop artist whose name has already escaped me. How's that for preserving the legacy of female artists? Um, and about the book that you've got. Oh yeah. Oh no. I was going to mention when when you were also talking about uh, you know why why the uh, and and uh, another one as well. Echo Belly, of course, would also yeah. be in, in 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 that group. Um, but yeah, that book I was mentioning about bias. Uh, one of the the opening story in it is uh, and it's told from different uh, perspectives. But the first one is uh, about uh, a uh, someone who was uh, a female scientist, uh, but was actually uh, a, a trans man and uh eventually he decided um right i'm gonna actually be a be a man now i'm gonna i'm that, that's what i've always been and i'm now gonna outwardly be a man and uh and he basically says in the book it was really remarkable because times before when i used to say what about this as an idea and people would go yeah 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 it said genuinely found yeah. that I have the a respect the yeah. uh acceptance of uh idea that it would not be presumed if he had a question about a graph that the reason he was asked the question was because he hadn't really understood it when in yeah. fact very often is it and that's oh there must a, be a and, problem and, with the graph and and it's told from the other perspective as well of academics etc who uh had been um uh had had uh been seen as male but who were actually trans women and then came out as as uh and 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 after the transition how but it happened i have a friend who transitioned and he said the same thing he said it actually shocked him and stunned him how different people treated him and it was yeah it was like yeah yeah it's shocking but it's it's shocking (laughs) It is a well, there we well, are. <laughs> yeah, that 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 book which I've I've from the end the end of bias it's called by uh, Jessica Nordell uh, or Nordell I think it's Nordell but yeah it, and it covers in lots of different scenarios these the, these different ways that are biased because it's based on I think her name was Divine someone and Divine who uh, the the start of the book is uh, she'd done this research where she'd always presumed that people who were anti-racism would naturally be you know obviously less racist you know it's just going to be and then she'd started to do these little tests which would look at that kind of unconscious racism and the results that she got were looking on the graph that people who had actually already shown outward racism their bias had one particular curve and people who were outwardly anti-racism still had the curve looked almost exactly the same <sighs> when you looked into unconscious bias which is a really interesting that that whole idea that our reality tunnel is kind of daubed with uh quite often bigoted graffiti of the culture we're in but we don't realize because it's the tunnel that we exist in mm. well it's yeah yeah and i think it's been such a hard road for people to sort of 
make that point in wider society the last few years like people saying like you're you live in this system you benefit from this system you're really really important to like unpick all of that and like how hard it is i i like and how what's the word just prevalent maybe like root and branch is the word just how insidious it is used well, a lot of words there nature, didn't i isn't it i think because you don't because it is something which is not it's like the fast brain slow brain isn't it that the moment your the unis of you is activated in your brain the values that you wish to have and that you may well consciously act out all the time uh when you have that other bit of your brain that just makes the rapid judgment decisions of which you're unaware of it turns out that it is undoubtedly kind of you know soaked in in the society that you've you've grown up in so it doesn't and then of course the moment that, that gets revealed our natural reaction is undoubtedly to be kind of cross and to argue against it because we don't want to also realize that inside ourselves lives you know the, the, these other this other well, voice also, as well they don't want to be that that's it as well you don't want to be that yeah and it's not that's what why you i'm bringing my children up in a hut in a wood that's all they're getting wood hut also separate huts as well, all alone in their little hut. <laughs> singular wood hut. That's there we go. It's another band. Sing, singular oh. wood hut is another name for the band that goes with uh, neuroscience bondage experience or whatever the hell I was mentioned before. I've still got this on my desk actually, which I've read now twice. Uh, book one of uh, Alan Moore's Jerusalem, oh, which I keep wow. going. I must go back and read that again. It's uh, but... so rich. It's such a beautiful, rich thing. Yeah, that's every bit, sentence. It? It's like Dickens. Every sentence has jokes and thoughts and illusions. There's no fat. Yeah. And there's a thousand pages. There's a huge amount of really delicious icing, though, which is different to fat. That's the thing is it is this incredibly ornate. It's like going into one of those houses, which is 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 ornate. The ornament itself feels that it actually has mm. a pragmatic use, that it is still, because it is creating such a, you know, the, the visual spectacle of Jerusalem is at times utterly preposterous. Because I think we, you've, you've been back to Northampton since you've read it, haven't you? Do you know, I don't think I have actually. Well, yes, I have, but not for long, not for long enough. I went back and did a gig. So I, I miss walking around it. It's such an interesting town. It's so spooky. That spook is maybe the wrong word. It's so full of like, well, maybe because of Jerusalem, I feel like it's full of ghosts. But it, well, is. it is. It definitely feels when when I went back. In fact, I was back there recently. I was back there in the middle of August going to do a gig, and I'd got there quite late because I was not mainly because I would normally be there for the beginning of the gig. I was last on, and I was doing someone else online beforehand. And it was one of those things, right? You walk out the station, and it really smells very sickly sweet kind of weed smell. And there's a <laughs> bunch of people racing around on bikes, and then a police car goes past you and then you kind of you know you're walking around and there's just that that level of uh of of threat which is not frightening but where you're just a little bit on edge because you're having to do some of the back roads to get to the gig and then you go under the underpass and you just think oh my god there's so many people have pissed here tonight and, night. and, <laughs> and then the ghosts walk... of a thousand pisses yeah the ghosts the ghosts <laughs> of so so much urine and uh in many ways it's a homeopath dream and nightmare at the same time <laughs> 
and, and then then I kind of walk up near the, the old brutalist multi-story car park and you know when there's a pile of clothes that are just there and they've kind of now they're part of the pavement they're almost you don't know whether the old clothes grew out of the pavement or were dropped on top of it and all of those things and then you add all of the ghosts that Alan Moore has given you Mm. Uh, to populate it and it gets it sometimes it feels like even on a really empty road in Northampton it feels incredibly busy now mm. to me anyway that's exciting I feel like the whole world should feel that way maybe that would be unbearable the whole world except for the huts yeah not the not, 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 the, the, not the lone child huts, huts. Yeah. yeah single child huts what else have I got I've got um, Anthony Clare's in the psychiatrist chair volume one volume two Oh, that's an. Have you? Did you ever hear these ones? These interviews? No, I did not. They were they were really big at the time. There, there's a nice selection of it. P. D. James and Eartha wow. Kitt, uh, Derek Jarman, R. Oh, D. Wow. Lang, Claire Rayner, and Sir James Saville. Oh God! No, I wonder what he found out. Does it feel f- really like hiding in plain sight? No, it doesn't feel that much. But what it does feel like is that Anthony Clare left it going. I haven't found out anything about that person. And there's something that's just a, a nasty uncanniness, not the delightful uncanniness or the slightly disturbing uncanniness. There's something that is not right there. And that's what's interesting about reading it. There's there's nothing accusatory in the way that he writes about him, but there's something that says, yeah, I left that room and I was, yeah, it doesn't feel, there's a metallic taste in my mouth now. Yeah. There's kind of an, it's, you know, not from something. Oh, awful. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? It um, is awful. And it's uh, and that's always that's a very that's an amazing book by the way, but it's a very hard read. The Hiding in Plain Sight book, which is all about Jimmy Savile. Oh, I've read it. Yeah, <sighs> horrific. Yeah, yeah. And like that's I think that's probably at the time. And also, obviously, it was a different society, so it was a lot more deferential. I think back then, maybe, but. Yeah, it's horrific. I don't know. I think if, once you're in an organisation and you're part of the, I don't know. I don't know. What's well, so I'll, I'll just quickly go. I'll do the other. I've, I've got uh, about spirits and Macumba, uh, which came from Jeff Towns. Uh, um, subculture by Dick Hebbage, as in I love Dick, uh, um, which is uh, the uh, Pippalotti wrist. Have oh, you hello. Seen the work of Pippalotti wrist. No, <gasps> but let me show you my Rob Alton's <gasps> book. What a beautiful, beautiful item. What an incredible thing. Why haven't we got him on? We've got to get him on. When did that come yes, out? Yes, we are. We're getting him on. He's, he's comes out soon. I cannot wait. The man is such an exceptional artist. Yeah. What's Sorry, the book called? I didn't What's mean to book called? No, no, I brilliant. strongly believe in incredible things. What a oh, cool that guy. That looks fantastic. What a cool guy. Yeah, Pippalotti Wrist is great. If you ever get a chance to go and see any of her work. Uh, in any gallery uh, it was one of I saw it at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Sydney and it's in my top five exhibitions of uh, that I've ever seen in fact about three of the top five are exhibitions at the Museum of Contemporary There's, where, have I got it there can I yeah there we are here's another one it's not on my desk it's behind my desk so it doesn't count but uh, Tracy Moffat do you have you ever seen her stuff no gosh oh, I'm, I'm so ignorant really I wish great australian uh artist does incredible work so that's i've got i've got uh, you know when you've got too many books of one artist you go some of these are just the equivalent i've got every bit of work of art about five times in different forms but i love tracy moffitt's work hey i have to ask who the cutout is behind you because they're completely 
blocked out by the light. I've got a ghost of Charles Darwin behind me. It's, uh, it's very normal, very normal. I, I put it up to, to, to uh, talk to uh, Nicola Rohani, who's, who's written a book called The Social Instinct, which is all about in, within animals and within ourselves. Because um, uh, I was doing an interview with her and there's Darwin in the book. I thought, I've not got my Darwin cut out. I've never assembled it. I've had it for 15 years. It was given to me by Dan Tetzel. And uh, I finally put it up. And I'll give one more recommendation, which is Rob Young's The Magic Box, which is a kind of uh, look at a lot of kind of uncanny television, but also just the television and films uh, as well of the time of the 1970s and 1980s has a beautiful cover. And he wrote Electric Eden, which is about the kind of uh, the rebirth of, of, of folk and the electronica version of it in the kind of 60s and 70s and the myths that it came out of. And again, the psychogeography it came out of. And this new book has that as well. So The Magic Oh, and I haven't so mentioned interesting. No, no, say what you're going to say because no, I no, no, you say what you're going to say. I literally, all I'm saying was that sounds so interesting. Well, I was going to say I don't know why I haven't mentioned it. Uh, Warren Ellis's book, Nina Simone's Chewing Gum. Oh wow! Which is, do you know the story of that? No. It's uh, in when Nina Simone played uh, Nick Cave's Meltdown Festival, right? She was, you know, she was incredible. Just the, 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 the charisma, the power, the beauty of what she did, right? And so she just walked on stage, and there was this beautiful Steinway for her. And apparently, she kind of looked at the Steinway, took out her chewing gum, stuck it on the side of the piano, and started playing. And I remember when Nick Cave first talked about that, he said it was incredible because what you watch was initially it looked like the two hated each other, like it was a battle. <laughs> between the Steinway and her and then as the concert continued they became one and at the end wow. of the gig Warren Ellis leapt up on stage when she left and took the chewing gum off the piano and has kept it very very carefully ever since and uh, and then it got shown there was a Canongate have done a lovely book actually of this exhibition that was in Denmark of, of Nick Cave's kind of lots of bits and pieces and Nick Cave rang up Warren Ellis and said you got anything interesting he said well I've still got that bit of chewing gum that Nina Simone stuck on the piano and so it's got this kind of you know religious connotation to it and it's about a book about the objects that Warren Ellis has kept over time and things like that. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's very sweet. He was, he was in the top 10 nonfiction this week and he was just this kind of, wow, this is an amazing moment from just some lad from Ballarat and stuff. That's wonderful. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear about it. I'm sorry I feel a bit like all I'm doing is going, that sounds good, but it does all sound good and interesting. Nice to be positive, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, well, I feel like we've done a nice little video. So, should we say goodbye to people? Yeah. There's also a new book about Marian Faithful that I got last week as well, oh, which yeah. is kind of a book about. I can't remember what it is. I've got it somewhere over there, and I can't get it now. But I'll tell you. I'll tell everyone more about it next time. I've only just started reading it, but it's this. Uh, uh, this. This. I forget the name of the. She's a woman who does a lot of kind of archiving of uh, um, a lot of the, the great women of rock and stuff like that. And she's written this whole book because Marian Faithful obviously has been her kind of touchstone quite often in in her life. And it was right next to the Warren Ellis book, so I had to get it as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Otherwise, what are you doing? <laughs> Life is very short, you know. If we don't buy more books than we could possibly read, how could we enjoy it? Has got silly now, though. <laughs> All right, bye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed yeah. our little chat and it wasn't too boring for you. And if it was, I'm sorry. I hope you're okay. Oh, those people have gone ages ago. They were so bored early on. We don't <laughs> I'm not having any of this. Goodbye.
the three of you that are still there, thank you so much for being what we consider to be our niche market. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash bookshambles. If you'd like to sign up, rate and review five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's also excellent use of your time. We'll be back next week with, in theory, a normal episode with a guest. Until then, have a great week. Stay safe. and We'll see you soon. This podcast is part of the Cosmic Shambles Network. Josie Robbins Book Shambles was produced by Trent Burton of Trunkman Productions.